into this whole late bloomer living. And what does that mean? What, is, what does late bloomer mean to you? Well, I think everybody is a late bloomer in some way, shape, or form, even if they don't want to claim the title of being a late bloomer. I think that, you know, you've got people that might be just rock stars in their career and maybe their their personal life is something's a little twisted or they've got health issues that they're facing or something. There's always something where we can, we can bloom. We can reinvent ourselves in some Hi, I'm Linus Woods-Mullins, and I love to help women to vibe, to be more vibrant, intuitive, beautiful, and empowered in midlife. So come on, let's vibe. love what I do because I get a chance to meet such fantastic women, women who have gone through special challenges in their life and they take those challenges and then apply them to helping other women. There's nothing like on the job training as it were. And absolutely Yvonne Marquez. And please, am I saying that correctly? Yvonne? It's Yvonne Marchese. Okay. Yvonne Marchese. Thank you. Yvonne Marchese is the founder of Late Bloomer Living and she is fantastic. She has a podcast called Late Bloomer Living Podcast and she's also author of In the Full Bloom, A Guide to Aging Playfully. She's a roller skater. She does paddle boarding and she calls herself an age agitator. We're going to find out what that means in a minute, but I'm just so excited to have her here on the podcast because she's on a mission to help people rethink and redefine what's possible as we age. So Yvonne, thank you so much for being here on the Live Living Podcast. It's wonderful to have you here today. Thank you so much. And thank you for the wonderful introduction. I love that. Oh, yes, welcome. I am a roller skater. I am a paddleboarder and I am on a mission. You know what? I paddleboard too. Do you? My daughter, oh. yeah, my daughter lives in Florida and we go paddleboarding. She has two paddleboards so that whoever's visiting her, that's one of the things they have to do whether they want to or not, they have to go paddleboarding. Uh, and so we did, in fact, I was in, in Florida for about, oh, maybe about four months this summer, just hanging out in her condo, paddleboarding and having a great time. And it was so much That fun. sounds like heaven to me, honestly. I'm like, oh my gosh, let's go. <laughs> yeah, really, absolutely. So tell me, how did you get into this whole late bloomer living? And what does that mean? What, is, what does late bloomer mean to you? Well, I think, everybody is a late bloomer in some way, shape, or form, even if they don't want to claim the title of being a late bloomer. I think that, you know, you've got people that might be just rock stars in their career and maybe their their personal life is something's a little twisted or they've got health issues that they're facing or something. There's always something where we can, we can bloom we can reinvent ourselves in some way, shape, or form. And I started the podcast because I had a personal breakthrough mm -hmm. and I feel like a late bloomer. And the, the breakthrough came about the end of my 40s, about the time I was 48 when I was really at a low point. My entire decade of my 40s was riddled with minor health challenges from bursitis in my shoulder to bunions to uh, melanoma on the bottom of my foot 
bizarre, just strange little things. And I would look in the mirror, which started in my early 40s, and I'm looking at this person that I don't recognize. And I'm like, who is that old woman? Mm. And that I carried with me all through my 40s, not really thinking about it, Linus. It just was there. What happened was when I was 48, I was really feeling lonely, foggy, just, I felt like a bit of a failure. It was just all kind of coming down on me at that point. And I was really looking for solutions. My husband, knowing that I was on this quest, suggested that I listen to The Five Second Rule by Mel Robbins, which blew open my mind because I could relate to so much of what she was saying. And a lot of her experience was about hitting the snooze button in the mornings and starting off behind the eight ball before she ever had a chance to get rolling. And I was like, that's me. I do. I never wanted to get up in the morning. I would hit the snooze button over and over and over. And then I'd be frustrated with my young kids for not getting ready quick enough in the morning. (laughs) And who was the real problem? Hello, let's point the arrows right at me. Okay. And and in fact, one morning I was yelling at my son. And by the time we got to the car, I looked in the rearview mirror. I saw these big fat tears in his eyes. And I that's when I knew that I needed to change something. So I decided to stop hitting that snooze button and get up an hour before my kids and my husband every day. And I gave myself the mornings to do meditation and move my body somehow. And it was a 30-day challenge just to see what might happen. It was really hard because I was a person who stayed up late editing photos. I'm a photographer. So I'd stay up late working after the kids were in bed. It required an entire shift of when I went to bed and when I got up. But I'll tell you, after a couple of weeks of doing it, I was feeling the difference I felt more energy and I was starting to feel more hopeful. And that was like, what is, what is that about? Why am Mm -hmm. I feeling more hopeful? Mm -hmm. What I realized was that I was starting to feel hopeful about my future because I felt better than I had felt all through my Mm forties. And that hopefulness was like, oh, if I can feel better and it's not all downhill, what might my next 20, 30, maybe 40 years look like? What's possible? And I started to get curious. Yeah. 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 It's interesting. So many of the women I work with are at that point of their aha moment between 45 and 55, something clicks and they either rise to the call or they don't. But wouldn't it be wonderful? And what a different world we'd have if all women, when they were at that stage, decided to go ahead and rise to the call and find out what it is they're supposed to be doing that they either haven't done before, didn't get a chance to do, put it off, or have always dreamed about doing, but never had the confidence or the umph to actually do it. Your story is so similar to mine because I went through something like that at 51 and decided the only way that I could really peel back the layers to find out what was going on with me was to leave my corporate job and to peel back the layers and get well, because I had an anxiety disorder. That was my, mm-hmm. you know, uh, psychological complication, which over time became a physical complication because I would wake up in the morning, every morning, scared to death 
full of anxiety. I felt like I was going straight downhill in a roller coaster with no restraints. That's how it felt every single morning. Mm. And the only thing that would take it away was coffee. So finally, I was like, wait a minute, this is normal. And I had an epiphany, took some time off and it was time for me to go back to work. I said, I'm I'm going to get well, and then I'm going to figure out what I want to do when I grow up. <laughs> exactly. And, That's know. a question I'm still asking myself, Linus. I'm 55 <laughs> now. And now, though... I have to say that started, I, I, I had a career in the theater up until the time I was 35 and I had kids for the first time. And once I had my first child, I realized I was well and truly done with theater. I didn't even want to do it anymore. And it had been everything I'd ever wanted my whole life. So for five years, I was in a quandary about who I was and what was I going to be when I grew up because I had never considered anything else. It was a real identity loss. And I, I asked that question at that point in my life and again into my 40s, what am I going to be when I grow up? I did end up finding photography, which really saved me. I, turned, I became a photographer at the age of 40. And that was an aha moment of its own. By the time I had this other epiphany, which led me to late bloomer living, that was eight years later. And now I ask the question, what am I going to be when I grow up? But I don't ask it with a sense of impending doom. I ask <laughs> it with a sense of like curiosity and like, ooh, I don't know. I don't, I really don't know. I don't know where I'm heading next. Isn't and that that's exciting? exciting. That is exciting. In fact, what is exciting about this particular point in your life that keeps you wanting to, you know, rediscover yourself? What is it? What is it that keeps me wanting to rediscover myself? Hmm. I what guess what it what inspires you? What inspires me is the possibilities of it. Mm -hmm. The mm -hmm. the wide I guess it's like learning to embrace uncertainty instead mm. of dreading uncertainty. The uncertainty is always gonna be there. So I like the mental gymnastics and the spiritual gymnastics, if you will, of the, and I think meditation has led me to a lot of this, sitting with myself every morning. And, and I literally meditate every day, sometimes more than once a day, because I find such freedom in it. And it just opens me up to being less reactive and more curious about what's going on inside me and what's possible for I life. Love that. You know, it's interesting because we spend so much time doing things, especially during our, our child growing stages, you know, into any time yeah. in the fifties, there's so much it's automatic. And we're thinking like, you know, five days ahead, thinking about what happened behind when, why could we change that all about control, control, control. Mm. But as you get older, I believe that you begin to realize that staying present is what serves you best because you've learned now because your wisdom, you can't change the past and you certainly can't predict the future. So why not enjoy, you know, this moment in time? So when it came to meditation, how did you learn to be still enough to, to go inside? What, what were the tools you used to help you get there? 
I used the 10% Happier app. I had a, I also had some, some meditations that were 20-minute meditations that I had been doing for years. I just didn't do them every day. Mm-hmm. I knew it worked for me. I knew it made me feel better. I just didn't feel like I had the time to do it. Using the 10% Happier app was great because now I sound like I'm doing an ad, but it was great <laughs> because they have five-minute meditations, 10-minute meditations. You can literally go in and, and kind of grocery shop for the meditation based on, okay, am I feeling anxiety right now? Am I feeling, you know, do I need a little bit of self-compassion? Do I just, and you can look up all the things and kind of go, okay, let's try this for right now. And five minutes, if that's all I had, then mm-hmm. it was a five-minute meditation. And that was okay. And I was like, I'm okay with that as long as I do it every day. And I slowly started to build up the muscle of being able to sit longer and longer. I've since discovered Insight Timer. There's a ton of favorite meditations that I have on there. And sometimes I will just sit with some some quiet, some like music that's just like a meditative, got a meditative groove to it. And mm-hmm. I'll do that. But I do find guided meditation works for me. I have a friend mm-hmm. who says she, she can't even begin to do guided meditation. She's just got to sit and do her own thing. I think everybody's got to find their own way. Right. Everybody's a little different. And that's a good point because there are different kinds of meditation. It's not just one thing where you just have to sit and you know, not move and clear your right. mind. People no think they've got to not think. And it's right. like, no, it's not about like, it, it, in fact, it's more like just watching your thoughts, just letting them mm-hmm. and letting them be there, but mm-hmm. not holding on to them and not trying to push them away. And the less you try to control, the freer it starts to feel. Yes. I, I, I like to compare it to the idea of opening a sliding glass door. You know, you open it, you close it, you open it, you close it. So the thoughts, they come and they go, they come and they go. And after a while, you're noticing the thoughts come and go, but they're not a distraction. They're just kind of there. I I like guided meditation too. And it has made a huge difference in my life when it comes to anxiety. I am now about 98% anxiety free, but it took a lot of different holistic tools for me to get there. And people have asked me what motivated me to, you know, keep trying after having dealt with anxiety for like years. And even though I had anxiety, I just thought it was the way it was supposed to be. But I think what motivated me was getting to the other side of it, you know, and doing something different than what I've done before. It's, It's time to disrupt, you know, what it was and how I have been living and figure out another way to live. It kind of reminds me of... Uh, the whole concept that you came up with, uh, the idea of being an age agitator. Why do you call yourself an age agitator? What is that? So part of the aha moment, when I started feeling better and then I started getting hopeful about my future, the Mm -hmm. aha moment was that I had been beating myself up about aging. I had been it was like I was yelling at myself for aging. It was like every time I looked in the mirror and I saw things I didn't like, it was, it was evidence of decline. I was, you know, I've always been more afraid than age of aging than I have been of death. Let me Mm. just say that. And the reason I've been afraid of aging is because I thought, okay, it means a lack of independence I'm going to, I could very well not be able to move my body the way I want to. Their mental decline scares the heck out of me. And I'm not, it's not that I'm not afraid of, of aging anymore. It's just that now I'm in an inquiry into it. And so the agitation 
around age agitating is all about stirring the pot a little bit to look at, well, okay, if the worst case scenario happens, if my body doesn't cooperate with me, despite all my best efforts to take care of myself, what then? And I'm now looking at it going, I'm really resilient. I can Mm. look at all the evidence of my life experience and all the things that have happened to me and go, yep, I bounced back from that. Yep, I survived that. Yep. And not only that, but I have come back stronger from every single challenge that has come my way Mm -hmm. has built me into a stronger version of myself. And that is like, wow, okay, bring it. If, if something happens, I think I'm going to be okay. You know? Yes, that's, that's one of the wonderful things about aging is the wisdom. You know, hopefully you've grown past what I call your hair on fire moments. You know, when you're in your 20s and your 30s, it's like, oh, <laughs> because you're still experiencing first time stuff. Some of it's, yes. most of it's traumatic on, what, you know, on different scales, but it's still a form of trauma. By the mm-hmm. time you get to your 50s, hopefully most of the hair on fire moments have left. But definitely 60, I'm telling you, this side of 60, because I'll be 67. I had to, you know, I had to go and subtract my age the other day. From, if I'm 67 or 68. I'm 67. I'll be 67. I'm lucky this year because I'm 55, so it's like double nickels and everything. It's a really easy year to keep track of. I'll be with six, seven. And it's amazing how my wisdom has made me really appreciate the idea of aging. Because if you're aging, that means you're not dead. That's why I could never understand the concept of anti-aging, even when I was younger. Because, okay, if you're anti-aging, that means you're against living. I mean, what? I don't get it. Why not embrace, why, you know, many times the messages that our society sends us, you know, begins to give us the same impression that what you were talking about. That it's a bad thing that it's going to come with all these other issues of concern it is absolutely everything about what we all fear about aging it's because we're steeped in it you like you said a moment ago that you didn't even realize that you had anxiety because it was just you were just like well this is just normal that is what ageism is around mm-hmm. us all the time it's it the if you start to become aware of it you almost can't not hear it in a conversation with somebody when they say something like, oh, I'm having a senior moment. Oh, you know, I am 29 again. Oh, I'm dating myself. All the little things that come up that just have that implication that aging itself is a bad thing. Right, right, and right. it's all around us and it's like we're the goldfish in the water and we don't even know we're swimming in the water. And when you start to realize that that's what the water is, then you've got some choice in the matter over what you're going to do with that information and how you want you know, to react. One of the things I love about your philosophy is that not only are you an age agitator, but you want to have fun while doing it. You talk a lot about the importance of play. And you know, it's so interesting because I have thought about this before, but not nearly as much as you have, but the fact that at some point we stop playing much sooner than men do. 
I mean, men still play. I mean, they sit down, they watch basketball, they throw the football, they, you know, they do certain things, right? Whereas we're cleaning, taking care of kids, giving baths, doing all this stuff, but we're not like playing with dolls or, you know, playing kickball or anything like that. We, we are basically working all the time. So how do we get back to that? How do we get back to the idea of playing? It's as much a mental game as it is actually playing. So I'll say that I'm I'm in the middle right now of a of a challenge for the for the month of February. I don't know when when this episode is going to come out, but uh, here we are talking in in February of 2024, and I'm doing a 29 day challenge uh, to live, and it's called Living Playfully at Any Age. And my challenge to myself is to find playful moments all day throughout the day. It's to re rejigger and do a little bit of judo with the work that I need to do because I I have a lot on my plate. I and it's all self imposed. I I'm the one who started the podcast. I'm the yeah. one with the photography <laughs> business. You know. Mm-hmm. And so when I look at the tasks that need to get done for my business, sometimes it's overwhelming. Mm -hmm. And my challenge to myself is how can I reframe the way I'm thinking about my business and remember that I get to do this. I don't have to do this. And how can I go into my tasks for the day with with it in mind that I'm actually, there's a reason I'm a photographer and there's a reason I have a podcast, and that's because I'm a storyteller. I love telling stories. And yes, there's things that need to happen around that. And yes, I've got to pay my taxes and all the other things, right? But right. how can I how can I sort the mail playfully? Like if I've got to go through all my piles of papers and start sorting things for taxes, I, I did that this weekend and I put on my pink playlist and I stood around the living room or the dining room table and I sorted the mail while I was dancing. And I, and wow, you know, just raised it's amazing that you're saying, saying this. I, I think I need to hear this today about playing because I was just talking to my therapist. I, yes, I go to therapy once a week. I believe in that. It's just like going to the doctor, the dentist, or your hairdresser. You got to go to the therapist. And I, yes. I said, gee, you know, Lately, I've been procrastinating a lot, and I'm not a procrastinator. And my procrastination is someone else's, you know, eight-hour workday. But you know, I I know when I'm slipping the levels. I'm trying to figure out what it is. And she says, "Well, do you think you're a little burned out?" And I said, "No, it's not that." She said, "Do you feel like you're depressed?" I said, "No, I don't really feel depressed. It's just that some days I'd rather play. You know, I I know what my deadlines are." And my husband will come to my office. He stands right there at the door, like once or twice a day. And he says, so how many more hours are you going to be working? And I look at my schedule and say, well, I really not, don't have to work right now. I finished my appointments and I know when other stuff is due. What do you want to do? He says, let's go to the movies. I said, okay. And, but then I would always feel a little guilty about it. I, said, I should right. be, you know, nose to the grindstone. Mm. I said, wait a minute. One of the main reasons why I got into this was I, I didn't want to do that corporate thing anymore but the first shoot 14 years of my business I was doing that for the most part and I finally got to a point I just got to a point after talking to my therapist yesterday that I am going to have official play dates with my husband and with oh, my girlfriend oh, and that's good. okay yes. you know it's, just it's not just too. okay it's imperative yes. it's, I think it's imperative the other day 
you know, I had work to do. So I did, it was a weekend and we've had all these gray days, you know, for through the winter, but the, the sun was out and we, it was in the fifties and I just went, Oh, I've, I've got to go roller skating and I have to go roller skating right now. Right now. See, there you go. I just found out today that part of my medical benefits is that I have all these virtual dance classes I can be taking. And I'm oh, a nice. dancer. I'm a dancer in my other, professional dancer in my other life. You know, you know how we have three, four lives. And I stopped dancing when I turned 60 publicly. I said, I want to be one of those ladies like, well, she really needs to get off the stage. So I stopped dancing publicly, but I decided that I wanted to get back into shape dancing and I'm going to start dancing again. I said, but where can I find a class that will, you know, I'm an experienced dancer, but I don't want to like hop right into intermediate, but going to beginning level would be boring. Well, I right. found out uh, for a senior citizen, because I am a senior citizen, I guess, and that's fine. If you want to call myself that, it's fine. But they have dance classes for dancers who used to be dancers who want to get back in shape as dancers. I found that it was a benefit that my insurance company had. And I didn't even know about it. That's Sometimes, amazing. Yes. Sometimes we have these resources that we just don't look into because we get so busy thinking about what we're not doing or what we don't have or whatever. And we just miss the boat, you know, just miss the boat totally. I've had these benefits available to me for like five years. Didn't even know about it, but right wow. there in the back door, but I think it started with a change of mindset because I noticed that something was off and I needed to start figuring out what that was. And after my conversation with my therapist, I started looking for more ways to play. And Ooh, then, you I've know, got a good hint for you, a good tip. Right? For, for anybody who is looking to incorporate more play to basically raise your vibration, which is great that we're on your podcast, right? This is the Vibe Living Podcast. So if you want to raise your vibe, which is really what this is all about, what I'm doing is to raise my vibration as often as I can every day, make a list of what gives you energy. And it can, especially little quick things that are free and easy to do in like a minute, five minutes or less. It could be dancing to your favorite music. If you're in the middle of a work day and you're starting to feel, oh, 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 okay, stop, wait a minute, dance break, you know? So. It could be anything like it could be meditation. I call meditation play. If it's just a moment to stop and pattern interrupt yourself from being in grind mode. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Which we can get into. And, you know, I don't believe in coincidence. There's no coincidence here that we have to be talking about this thing. It's just more confirmation, which I look for all the time. I look, there's signs everywhere. If you want to know if you're on the right track or not. And I think one of the first signs that we begin to feel or to see is what's going on with our bodies. We get these little nudges or things that going out, like what happened with you. And, you know, it was so fortunate that you stopped and said, wait a minute, let me figure out what's going on. And if there's nothing else that, you know, women who listen to this podcast or anybody who listens to this podcast can take away from it is the idea of stopping and figuring out, okay, What's going on with me and where can I incorporate something fun and playful to help me get through some of these things? Because we sometimes as women, we're just a little bit too darn serious. You know, it's not that serious. And when you think about all that we have survived 
at this point. We've seen so much, we've done so much. There probably isn't a lot of things we haven't seen or done yet. So therefore, why not go ahead and enjoy this phase of our lives instead of living in trepidation about what's to come? Because we may have not done every single thing, but we've probably done most of the categories and we survived them. So why not go ahead and enjoy life? That's why I love what you do and I love your community. Tell us about your community that you've put together on top of everything else that you've done. I love it. I love it. It's the Age Agitators Club. It used to be called Midlife Uprising, the Midlife Uprising community, because I had a, it started with a summit that I hosted back in 2022. And I had 30 amazing speakers who came and uh, just, it was, it was awesome. And I realized that I, what I loved about that experience was the community part of it. And so a couple of months later, I decided to start the community. And then I came up with the age agitators thing and I went, oh, that's got to be the new name. So that is the name of it. We meet once a month on Zoom and and it's basically bringing together like-minded women who are ready to challenge all the assumptions that of the water that we've all been swimming in for all this time and take another look at what's possible as we age and do it in a fun way. So I kind of usually start off those meetings with a little meditation that's really quick. And then we do ex- like some little fun exercise and there's a lot of conversation around it. And that's Yes, I went to one of them. It was great. Such a great group of women. And for those of you who are listening on the podcast, on the show page are all of Yvonne's links, including the link to her website where you can sign up for a trial run to see how you like the community. Her podcast is there and the book. Your book is lovely. Tell us about your book. Thank you. It's called In Full Bloom, A Guide to Aging Playfully. And just so you know, I already wish I had a different subtitle to that book. I wish the subtitle was A Guide to Living Playfully at Any Age because ageism goes all kinds of ways. It goes backwards. It goes forwards. There was a whole time in my life when I was young and I was telling myself I was too young to do things. And Mm. then in a flash, I felt like I was too old to do things. So... (laughs) It's funny how fast the time goes. In fact, look at us. The time has gone by so fast. Yvonne, thank you so much for being on the Vibe Living Podcast. It's been wonderful having you here today. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a blast. Well, thank you. And thank you to all of you who are listening. Thank you for putting me up to the top 10% of Apple Podcasts. We're working on getting up to the 5%. So please like, like the podcast, comment on the podcast, subscribe to the podcast, share the podcast. We want to grow this. I really do believe that the whole concept of vibe is a movement whose time has come. There's no reason why we can't make it a priority to enhance our vibrancy, to increase our intuition, to work on our inner beauty so it radiates out and to feel empowered to live a great vibe life. So thanks so much for listening. It's been wonderful having you here. Have a fantastic week and don't forget the vibe. Bye-bye, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Vibe Living Podcast. And don't forget to subscribe, like, and comment and share this podcast. Have a fantastic day and don't forget the vibe. Bye-bye, everybody.